You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hello everybody, this is Panayota, reporting from Barcelona for the Corona Diaries of the Allegra Lab. We're entering our fourth week of confinement here, and life is becoming increasingly boring and exhausting at the same time, both in um, mental and emotional terms. Uh, most of the people I talk and work with seem to be running out of ideas, of motivation, improvisation, patience, uh, in general of adaptation strategies to cope with the type of situation we're all immersed in uh, these days. And I think this is because the time has come where we're past this shock, the initial shock of what is happening, and we're past this type of knee-jerk reactions of uh, let's seek for more information, every kind of information possible um, that we can get from anywhere, from outside to inform ourselves, including any kind of, you know, opinion or semi-valid epidemiological prediction, which will just make us feel like we are now more in control because we think we know. Um, So I think this stage has passed and now we're perhaps in a phase where we've come more to terms with the idea that life will continue like this in these terms of uh, physical distancing, uh, you know, work from home for those who can, um, etc. And all the other kind of challenges that we're facing uh, at this moment, that this is not going, this is not going to end very, very soon. We know that this is not a non-problematic situation, that it hides Uh, both hides and brings to light a number of issues of inequalities, of privilege, of oppression, including racism, especially as coronavirus has hit hard now also in the US, uh, but also in other places. Um, And, you know, things like worries about surveillance, about what will will this mean for the future of um, social behavior, um, control, etc., But I do feel that, um, at least through my own experience, these four weeks in confinement and living in a a very kind of narrowly um, defined space uh, forces us to also look towards ourselves and, you know, with kind of with a lack of distractions, um, both good and bad distractions, I mean, um, but with being forced to live... um, surrounded by the same objects, by the same horizon, visual horizon, by the same people, limited number of people. Um, It kind of forces us to look inside and towards ourselves, our past and our present. And perhaps this kind of reflection has longer and and bigger and stronger consequences um, to how we come out of it than what we might think. So there's a picture circulating in social media of a kind of a drawing of a person in a yoga pose and it has a line underneath and it says, if you can't go outside, go inside. How cheesy, right? Do yoga, everything will be fine. Um, however, I did start to notice this past week that the confinement does things to how um, one perceives their, the world they've constructed around them. And so I was starting to to, you know, to think about what that might mean for social change, 
Um, so I'm going to start with some reflections of my own and try to connect it to um, things like the, the relationship of art and politics um, and what it takes to, um, to, to make transformations happen. One of the things that I notice um, has happened to me is that I've started to have a, I have a clear idea now of the things and the people that I truly miss when, you know, when, when, when all this, the other fluff that, um, that we usually have surrounding our everyday lives, when all that is not there anymore. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, that that's the fluff is bad or good, but it's there. And when it's taken away from you, you're kind of left with yourself and with a very limited number of options, um, of different kinds. So a combination of longing for what is to come, but also nostalgia for, for what was before, it kind of has forced me to understand myself better, um, by clarifying for me, what are the things I truly miss? And I've noticed how my relationship with, um, art and cultural products, let's say, has changed these days. It's much more intense. So music is, has the effect of drugs. You know, it can make me feel so much more stuff. And my selection of music also has um, turned towards the kind of songs from the kind of artists that, uh, that I identify my life story with more rather than exploring new things, new songs or experimenting with my taste or something like this. So I always go for those songs that connect me to the moments and the people that I have strong memories of or, the, or that those memories um, serve the purpose of um, moving something inside of me. So and from that moving, finding, finding strength and inspiration for what's to come. And this happens to the extent that, you know, a song can make me extremely emotional and, and you know, bring me down to tears, even if I hear it while doing, you know, a thing as boring as writing an EU deliverable or, you know, or, or washing the dishes. Um, and I want to talk about this movie I, I watched the other day, which is called After Love. It's a Greek production uh, directed by uh, a guy called Stelios Paschos. And the movie made clear to me, even clearer, where the prospect of something meaningfully positive coming out of this actually lies. But the movie is about a, a couple, uh, an ex-couple, a man and a woman who used to date. And they uh, semi-voluntarily locked, them, locked themselves in a house and stayed there until um, they would discover why they broke up. Um, so the movie is about love and, you know, disappointment and passion and contradiction um, and pain and freedom. And it's very, you know, the, it's very much a parallelism to what we're living now in the sense that we're locked in um, without necessarily of our own 
you know, we didn't volunteer to this, but we're actually also volunteering to it. And it's funny because what this couple discovers, or more like what they're, what they go through, is a discovery of themselves through each other. And it made me think. Um, it made me think of this uh, pandemic as an opportunity to rediscover ourselves and our relationships with each other. Um, and I really, um, I really liked it because it reminded me of this kind of arts and the relationship between arts and politics that uh, I really appreciate. Uh, that kind of relationship that goes beyond, you know, instrumentalizing art into a means of political expression. Like, for example, um, you know, a, a beautifully done uh, graffiti piece that has a political message or or a movie um, on, uh, on, on a very significant historical event that, you know, that also carries political messages, but rather art as, as a mirror to our own vulnerabilities and, and secrets and fears and dreams and passions. So, so that we're reminded of their existence and of their urgency and to bring them from the subconscious to the conscious. Um, and also art as, ex as an expansion of our imagination to be able to see and, and understand somebody else's realities and somebody else's life stories and um, be more, have more empathy. So I think both in a personal sense, but also in the social and collective sense, the opportunity in this current shitstorm that we're going through is to be honest, to learn to be honest with our feelings, even if we have to fight and struggle to discover them. Uh, and if it, even if they're buried behind, you know, stereotypes and mainstream ideas and social structures and forms and, and expectations, to, to trust um, ourselves in this process and to remain brave in doing that, even after we walk out the door. Thanks for listening.